Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today spent part of last year playing Jane Seymour on the Norwegian Bliss production of Six. My guest today is Shelby Griswold. Growing up, did you ever get a chance to go on a cruise like with your family or cruises with your family? Um, kind of. We, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. And... Uh, hey. And my mom's from Miami, so, like, Florida's a big just cruise town. Um, and they did a lot of Disney stuff growing up, as you do when you live in Florida. So when I was a kid, though, we did one uh, Disney cruise when I was probably, like, late elementary age. Well, I was young. Um, but I remember it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, since then, no, like, major cruising, but I've always loved like boat activity like I've done some like longer boat rides or catamarans or like I've never had any like seasickness issues so like when preparing for the career and like thinking about okay could I perform on a cruise ship I was always like yes I absolutely would just because it's seems fun and you know you get to travel so yeah have you always visioned yourself like on a cruise ship and doing a show on a cruise ship like before you sign the contract um, not particularly. I know for six, most of us, um, are on the boat for six as opposed to, um, like just cause we're like willy nilly on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always like thought like, okay, it's an option. Um, it's, it's a really great performing option for a lot of people. I think there's kind of this weird energy sometimes in college for music theater that like discredits cruise work or it's kind of very like broadway or bust mentality Mm -hmm. um, which like is not conducive to at least performing a lot or or performing at a certain like standard but the Mm -hmm. the cruise ship entertainment level is very high very high quality work high quality performers um and pays more than a lot of regional theater at least least the contract was done um, yeah, depending on, um, because the pay rate on, on land, at least in America, is based on, like, size of theater. So, like, a small theater, as great and high, high quality as work as they can do, they their minimum pay rate required by the union is not very high. So, like, you could do an off-Broadway show and only make $400 a week. Um, yeah. And whereas on a cruise ship, you go and, and a lot of contracts, I mean, if they're starting out, they're going to sit higher than that. You can work your way up and really start to make decent money. Mm-hmm. And if you set yourself up right, you are making almost entirely profit because they pay for your housing. They pay for your food. They if, like I didn't have any uh, bills of my own while I was on the ship. I was just paying student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, it's like it's a stronger option or can be if you're right for that than doing like a regional theater two months. Yeah. That's great too. And if that's like works for your life and your schedule, awesome. But I think a lot of people like don't even think about cruises as an option. Um, but it could really be great. I, I told Norwegian that I would, I would work for them again. Um, if it was right for like me at the time, um, mm-hmm. I'm taking a break now. Some people you can go like hop from one boat and like immediately get on another ship. And I was like, I simply need to go home. What got you to say yes to going on a cruise ship and performing? Um, definitely the show um, was a part of it. I mean, for a lot of, if you are a young woman in musical theater and someone's like, do you want to do six musical? The answer is almost always yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a fun show. It's good music. 
it's fun choreography it's it's sparkly costumes i mean and it's just like booming so it's not it's only going to be beneficial for you like for your career or for whatever resume um so i really wanted to do the show um and i like most actors during the pandemic you know didn't really do much um right yeah i graduated in 2020 uh from school right when everything shut down so then it was a long like almost two years of basically nothing Um, right right got an agent through a a virtual showcase okay i'm doing like one audition here one audition there but it was so long and so by the time six rolled around i was very like i want to work like the business is coming back and i really really want to just get back to it because i am lying to myself if i think this being a server being a barista is like really hitting home for me like I was like you're right I'm and I was at the second I stepped into the rehearsal room for six I was like oh this is why we do this yeah was it hard not having wi-fi in service while you were on the ship (laughs) oh yes um I every ship is different um we were lucky in that these days they on the ship Wi-Fi, like the crew Wi-Fi, um, which does exist, because you can pay for it. You can opt to pay for, I think it was $5 for 55 minutes, um, which it, it's a lot, but it's like, if you just need to send an email, you just want to check your Instagram, you know, like it, you can pay for the hour and then do like 10 minutes here and then log out and then do 10 minutes later. So like you can stretch that, that money pretty, pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the non-paid Wi-Fi, just the crew Wi-Fi, gives you free access to WhatsApp messaging. And uh, for the longest, for a while, WhatsApp, uh, like, voice messages and calls and photos and stuff. So, like, we could text each other for free on the boat, and you could text your family, call your family. So, like, that that's a new thing. That was not something that my friends who had worked pre-pandemic had. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, you literally have to just, like, check the schedule, to keep a watch, and, like, use the like phones like the landline phones in the rooms and stuff and mm-hmm. that every time I had to do it I was like how does this work yeah I'm, yeah I'm wacko crazy yeah. and so it was rough but um for the longest time I tried to like hold out and be like okay wait till you get in port wait till you get to somewhere with wi-fi you can wait to like check this thing towards the end though I just got so like itching to kind of get back to the real world that I, I was like I'm just gonna pay for it I was like I, I need to know now I was like, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah no it's Mexico was always a great um well it depended like Cozumel was always usually a longer port for us too so we would go from like noon to 7 p.m or whatever and you which means we had time to sit at like a local coffee shop and get really good wi-fi and there's this place called Java and they had the best wi-fi that we would go every single time and like I mean, the best, like, and the best compared to, like, even the states. Like, I, I never found Wi-Fi better than Java in, like, Miami or New Orleans. I was like, why does Cosmo Mexico have the best <laughs> Wi-Fi? But, um, well, it would always be a test because what we were doing was downloading. And that's what you kind of have to do without Wi-Fi is if you don't put stuff on your hard drive, like, if you don't have entertainment already, every time you get into a new place, you have to download music, download uh TV shows and it's great that we have all these sources we have Netflix we have Spotify where you can download so that right you can watch right and enjoy offline but if you forget or if you don't watch before your download expires or like all these things that you're like you don't even realize you have to think about until you're there in the moment and right. you're like ah. so it 
you got into I got into a rhythm pretty hardcore. I, I usually had a lot of uh, music access because I would like take requests from the girls and be like, all right, what do we want for the dressing room next week? And mm-hmm. I would always like commit to like, I'm going to go and download these four albums so that we can kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you live cruise ship life again? I would. Like I said, if it was like the right show, right contract, I mean, it's a good. Um, the cruise companies tend to like returning members. So like, mm-hmm. it's nice if I go months and I'm auditioning and auditioning and, and I'm not really kind of landing anything. Um, then I can reach out and be like, Hey, that sh-. like six, the cast that replaced us, two of the girls were coming back from the, the cast right before us. So oh, like, so yeah, they took six months off and then they got back on the ship. So like a lot of the shows, um, will do stuff like that. They'll rotate people in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, once you get in, I could, you know, I'm like, I really want to perform, but it's just not on my plate right now because it's not fitting. Then I can give Norwegian a call and be like, hey, either I'll, like, you have a spot for six open or or something else. Like, we had a, a band, sh- we had a, Sid Norman's Poor House was on the ship, and it's just, like, a rock cover band in a dive bar that's really, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, there is, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but. The, the ships are bringing on a couple new shows that are going to be really exciting because they're they're taking away Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and adding some new productions that like I would be very interested in. Yeah. What was your personal introduction to Six? Um, kind of not like fun story, but like a little like some girls. It, I talked to them at auditions, and it was like they've never heard of it beforehand like or or they kind of were slow to hearing about it didn't really know till it hit broadway Mm -hmm. i'm big uh on listening to new musical theater on spotify and Mm -hmm. my spotify like knows that so my discovery weekly playlist usually has at least two to three like new musical songs on it Mm -hmm. uh and so I've, like, found a lot of cool work by just consistently listening to my Discover playlist. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, God, I was in school. I think it was 2019, 2018. I was a junior in college, I think. Um, and Heart of Stone came on my Discovery Weekly. And oh. I was like, I was like, this sounds pretty good. I was like, what is this? And I clicked on it. It was like six, the musical. And I was like, what on earth is that? I started Googling. I started researching. I listened to the whole soundtrack. And I was like, everyone I know needs to listen to this immediately. I was like, because it's just, uh, I mean, like I went to Baldwin-Wallace University, which is like, technically I got a bachelor's of music in musical theater. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were a very music heavy program, which I liked because I'm a big music nerd. Like I wanted that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the music is very intelligent. The lyrics are, are catchy, are smart. They, Lucy and Toby are geniuses. They're, they're geniuses. And, like, they were just making a lot of... I've been listening to a lot of new musical theater, and I was like, so much of this is kind of like, eh. Like, everyone's trying to be Evan Hansen. Everyone's trying to be mm-hmm. these other, like, hot-ticket shows. But it was all kind of, like, basic. And this was one of the first shows I'd listened to in a while that I was like, this is exciting, it's new, it's pop culture, but it's still using cool rhythms and chord progressions and choices that like feel kind of like a like wink wink to people mm-hmm. who like know the music and who are really listening um and and the harmonies are complex i love a good girl group harmony so i loved all of that yeah i got i like remember listening to um that like bit at during uh I don't need your love remix. I remember listening to it for the first time ever and being like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
So I just stayed a big fan and then stayed. I was still in school, so you were always trying to think, like, what shows could you be in? And then we heard that it was going to be moved to Chicago while I was, like, I think I was early senior year. And I was like, yes. And then it was supposed to open on Broadway, you know, and it got delayed. Mm -hmm. But I – so when I was graduating, I was like, this – Six was kind of the only show – on the Broadway circuit that I was like, I could do this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that I could. Um, so, yeah, I've just always been a big fan. And Heart of Stone is something that I've been singing for ages. Um, so it was it was such a dream to, like, finally actually get to do it, you know? Yeah. I told Sam Pauly that I thought it was about the show has had something to do with the, uh, I can't talk, the actor, jewelry designer, Jane Seymour. That's what I said to her. I'm like, when I first saw Six, I was reading out the characters and it said Jane Seymour. I thought it was a jukebox musical and it had to do with Jane Seymour, the actor. Nope. <laughs> Just the third wife that very, I mean, some people, you have to be like a history nerd to like know the queens. I, I've met a couple people who after seeing the show were like, I love the Six XYs of Henry VIII, like one of my favorite parts of history. Uh, but we don't really learn it as much in American history mm-hmm. in our like schooling as they do in the UK. Um, but even then, like everybody knows, most people know Boleyn, of course. And then if you know Boleyn, you tend to know the rest of her story, which is Catherine of Aragon. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the Queens, it's like very much an introduction to who they are. And yeah. <laughs> the show is doing. So that's always fun. Yeah. Was Seymour like always like your girl? Um, in theory, yes. I uh, sing a lot of Adele music. Adele has always been, like, my go-to pop gal because I started in musical theater and classical music, so, like, getting into the pop world, I was like, okay, what's a voice that I, uh, like, connect to? And it was always Adele. Mm-hmm. And I do Adele for karaoke and, like, sing it for audition cuts. So when the show came out and it was like, okay, each queen is based on a pop star, and they were like, this one's based on Adele slash Sia, I was like, okay, that's the one that I would really play. Um, but all my, fr- like, I also was open to other queens. I mean, I like being funny. So I was like, okay, maybe like a Cleese is a mood if they, if like the casting is pretty open. Um, and, and Seymour, what's funny is that Heart of Stone in the original key that's on the soundtrack is actually like too hard for me. It's just right at that place in my voice that is like, it's a little scary. You're a little like, like for some reason the yeah and the bridge and all that stuff sits just right on the break of my voice that I'm like, some days I got it and some days I don't. Did you have to pull and, an Eden Espinosa and ask them to turn, change the key for you? Well, so it, it just is changed. Like the original key exists. And if for some reason you want to do that key, I'm pretty sure they'll let you. But for auditions and everything else, they actually like ask you to do what they call the show key, which is uh, about a half step down. Oh, wow. So so even Natalie Paris, when she, at least I'm pretty positive, don't quote me on this, but but I think she recorded in one key and then when the show was happening full time, did it in a lower key. Or as the show progressed, they just realized that the song was pretty hard and so they made a slightly lower version. Yeah. Um, But the score, when you get it, includes both. So you just kind of have to like commit to one. Yeah. So when I got to callbacks and they were like, here's the actual audition cut, like key, I was like, like, I can actually sing this. Like I was I, like, yeah. I was like, finally. I was like, I, I was like, I think I might actually get this now. Because before I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and but now you're like, you actually like gain faith in yourself. You're like, I can actually maybe do this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. What did you love most about playing Jane Seymour? Um, 
too bad you to die, but you know, I mean, it about Jane Seymour specifically because I have a lot that I love about like my experience in the show. For me, what this track really allowed me to do um, was play an ingenue. Um, I don't really play ingenues or art. But I haven't in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, I was always really tall. I've always had a kind of like mature sound. Uh, and I've been funny. So like I always played like moms or comedic relief characters or like quirky best friend tracks. Like I was never playing the lead or even if I was playing the lead, I wasn't playing someone who was like soft and like princessy. Like I've never played. Seymour is very princessy. <laughs> Seymour's very princessy. She is the princess track. And I've never thought of myself um, as someone who's like a princess type. That's just never something that was asked of me or something that I was told I would like would be good at. Because, I mean, look at the world we live in. Like, like it, it, people think a princess has to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if my face or my hair, you know, like, what it doesn't matter. Because, like, I've never been thin. I've never been skinny. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that... And I've never been a standard American, like the standard body type that people view as like a symbol of beauty and as, you know, a lead in a musical who is like this princess, beautiful, soft ingenue. Like, I'm just not. And in life, I'm like a loud, moderately abrasive person. I've mm-hmm. always been like confident. So like it, it was odd to kind of be in a place where I was like, wait, I'm the like softness of the show. Like I get to be pretty. I get to speak like myself and sing a pretty song like I've never been hired to just stand there and sing a pretty song yeah hired to like entertain and like make jokes or like or be kind of like dramatic and over the top and so this was just like just be there and tell the story and it's always something I've wanted to do and so this was finally letting me do that Mm -hmm. um and as like throughout the show I like would get I would get comments from like people who saw like you know girls who came with their family who saw the show and like dm'd me and they were like I'm 15 and I do theater in high school and like I've never seen somebody who looks like me on a stage and I, I love so that great, like watch you and see you just like do the show and like I realized that like for the people who do get to see me but even just seeing the pictures and seeing the casting announcement like I always wanted to see plus size girls on stage on screen when I was growing up and like mm-hmm. you did, but you never saw them being beautiful and you never saw them falling in love. Mm-hmm. You never you know, like, saw them doing other things uh, that you're like, cool. Like I, you know, I've never wanted to play Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray. Like that just, cause I don't want to just be. Right. Like, you want to be able to play everything. Yes, yes. And so Seymour was really like the antithesis or essence of like being just that classic princess ingenue track that I just never thought I'd get to do. And so it was always really rewarding to like talk about it with people and and see the difference and impact it was making. So that's, I think, with Jane, what I will always appreciate and like love and, and take away as like a really cool experience with Seymour. Yeah. What other queens would you maybe want to play? Um, I have been in for, uh, Cleves and Aragon as well. Um, so those two are probably top. I think Cleves would be like my second, which is why it's so funny that I'm so close with Kennedy. Cause like (laughs) we were like the two Seymour Cleves are, um, but I, I think Cleves is a hoot. Mm -hmm. Um, you just get to like be all over the place. And I think that would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Aragon, I really, singing No Way in auditions, like, really helped me, like, fall in love with the song. So I love No Way, and I love her monologue and, like, her whole just, like, fierce 
sequence. She just gets to be strong mm-hmm. and, and awesome and like a warrior woman. So, um, so yeah, those two are probably my top next choice queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to like uh, read and sing more for the other ones. Um, maybe, maybe give my try at Howard. Howard's the only one that I've actually never sung in auditions. Like oh. I, I've, I've sung Bobo once and then they cut me out of it. And then I was taped for par at one point. It was very, my par audition video is hilarious because it's such a Seymour singing par. Like I'm so not a par. Yeah. And it sounds bad. It's just like, so, it's Seymour basically just singing a different song. So it's like, yeah. it's very, it's very funny. But yeah, Cleves and Aragon for sure. What was your first Broadway show you ever saw? Broadway show? Um, what was my first Broadway show? I think Matilda. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I have a, my- I have a little buddy in that show who was in that show. Oh, yeah. No, I love Matilda. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, and I, I was in New York with my parents because we were dropping my sister off at college. And they were like, pick a show. We'll go see. And I think at that time, it was like between that and something else. And I was like, you know what? Matilda seems the most interesting so like let's go see that yeah i actually know two people who were in did you yeah two people oh cool what are some of your favorite shows oh i love so many um favorite shows let's see the same six um (laughs) i my favorite show that i've ever done and i mean and seen and i i enjoyed the tour uh but that I've been in it, I was in school, was doing Once the Musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Once. I think it's beautiful. I would watch it. Love Kristen Milioti. Yes, no, she's amazing. And, like, doing the show was truly a cool experience. Because, like, you, you're an actor, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you're in the orchestra. And you're like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it teaches you a lot. Um, so, and I love those kind of shows. So I also saw, uh, I love ensemble shows, and I love, shows where characters play instruments so like i also saw come from away and come from away was a very ensemble heavy very like minimal set like it's just all about the story Um, and the band can be like kind of seen on stage and they like come out sometimes it's like that with waitress too yes yes and mj Mm -hmm. oh and i love waitress i love Um, waitress would be be up there i mean i listened to it i'm a sarah burrellis hardcore fan like love Sarah Brown, oh so. I, I loved waitress it's such it's so good I've never actually seen it I've only watched bootleg sorry I I I love what's a great show that's the perfect <laughs> amount of happy sad and funny yes that's a good way of putting it I would I would love to do waitress I know it's like done but the the I'm interested to see when it's gonna start popping up regionally like when the rights get released mm-hmm. um because it's the kind of show that I think a lot of theaters would oh like I think they would love it at. They would love it. People would do it everywhere. So yeah. we'll see. Well, what musical will never like get old in your mind? Legally Blonde. Good one. Hands down. I mean, I, that's like a child shit. Like a, uh, I grew up when I was in middle school when like Wicked and Legally Blonde was coming out and those kind of shows. So like Wicked was cool, but Legally Blonde was like, it was the first musical theater album that I purchased for myself I that bought had it on a great iTunes cast I, that had a great cast in it great cast the music is catchy it's just bop after bop the soundtrack it's like it's the kind of show that i don't listen to all the time i'll put it away but then i'll come back to it like a year later and be like yes yeah, so yeah. Like, it's just a jam so. laura bell bundy told me that she never wants to hear oh my god you guys again she's th- she's heard it way too many times i interviewed laura bell bundy and that's the song that she said uh, drives her crazy now <laughs> I get that though. I mean, if you've done the show, you're like, 
I'm good. What re- what revivals would you like to maybe see by the end of this decade on Broadway? Like, if you could manifest it to the world. Um, I love that we're doing Sondheim revivals right now. I know the Sweeney Todd one's supposed to happen, so I mm-hmm. usually, but I usually would have said that. Like, I would have said something like an Into the Woods, but it's happening right now, so. Oh, um, I wish I could see I, it. Could have seen I, that. Uh, I know, it looks so good. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. I think... It would be interesting if something like once would love to see something like that come back. But we, my friends and I, the cast has been discussing shows where you can do gender bending like company did, but make it like really interesting in the sense that like once is a love triangle. You could do the same thing with waitress. And so like have girl be girl, but then have guy or the doctor be also a girl. Oh, they're like leaving their man or their, or like, in this case, guys like leaving his ex girlfriend for new girl, but it's like it's like I don't know. It could just make the the casting really interesting because I think Company was really good. I love Bobby as a track, and like I would love to play Bobby now that it's been gender bent. But I think they should have kept one of the three main interests. Like they should have made Bobby a lesbian. At least, well, at least at least bisexual or, or bisexual. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, got multiple love interests and so they just switched all of them so it was kind of and i guess this is coming from a place of like a if you're gonna gender bend then the one the major benefit of that is adding more strong female tracks to shows they should do that with dear evan hansen oh that'd be great but it's like when you do something like company and they switch to a female lead but then switch all of the other female tracks to men the show is now male dominated yeah, I want to see a more, I want to see a female dominated Dear Evan Hansen. That'd be crazy. I that'd think it would be, be so good. It'd be so fun. So yeah, something like that. I love when revivals make new choices. I would love Deaf West to do another revival. I loved the the Spring Awakening revival they did. I thought that was genius. So mm-hmm. I to find another show that they could do something like that with, I think would be great. Yeah. Are you a fan of jukebox musicals? I love jukebox musicals. Thank you. So I, I was in New York about, I don't know how many months ago, and I saw two jukebox musicals. That's the thing. The thing is, they're all over the place right now. It is so popular. Most of Broadway is either a jukebox musical, a pop star biopic, or a movie made into a musical, which means very little original thought. That's what I, like, yeah, I saw, last time I was in New York, I saw one movie made into a musical and two jukebox musicals. Yes. And so it's kind of like is this all we got? Like, is this really what we're going to do? It's so entertaining. The entertainment value is so high. It brings in ticket sales. It's great. Have you seen Tina? I have seen lots of clips. I didn't see it. I should have because I have a friend in it, but I, I heard it was just phenomenal. MJ's good. I, I've been listening to the MJ soundtrack. I love the arrangements. So that's my thing. Is like, mm-hmm. if it's going to be a jukebox, then you better be like properly paying homage to whatever you're referencing. The share show is great too. I've heard good things so... I have qualms with the the model of the, like, this is why I'm interested to see the MJ show, because it doesn't seem like it's, like, a distinct, like, young, middle, older, like the Cher and Donna Summer did. It seems kind of like there is young and middle and old, but it's a little... You like, have to see it in order to get like, it. really get what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like jukebox musicals. I think sometimes people make mistakes with them though like i mean this show it's fun to watch it's the a lot of more set music is amazing and right. the arrangement 
they do are stunning. Like the show sounds great. I think story wise, they kind of bit more off than they could chew because in essence of a good like nineties angst album, she's covering so much topic matter that they then tried to like genuinely create plot that would allow these characters to genuinely like diegetically sing these songs. Mm -hmm. But then the plot is like, there's so many topics trying to be covered so much going on. And if, I think sometimes if you really want like a politically active show to land, then you need to have a clear like message and a clear like kind of thing that you are trying to say. Like prom was very obviously tackling the like strong concept of right, right. Like queer relationships in high school in the Midwest. And you're like, okay. And we're saying so much. Whereas Uh like, Jack Little Pill was just like doing a lot because it was trying to like cover all this music and include all this in a certain amount of time. I was like, you should. It. it, They could have done other choices that I think would have let the music like shine a little bit more. Yeah, Um, you know, is what it is though. What Disney film do you want to see on Broadway next? Oh, I I didn't get to see Hercules, but I think they should keep trying. Are you? Uh huh. Yeah. With yeah. Yeah. And what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? Oh, God. Um, I'm always so bad at fun facts. Uh, a lot of people don't know. I tell people everything, so I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Um, that I'm really, I'm really trying to, like, come up with something exciting, and I... I I can't. What is a fun fact? Well, what's just a fun fact? Even if they know it, was just a fun yeah, fact. Yeah, just maybe a fun fact. And maybe people listening to this have never heard of you until just now. I know. I know. They're like, they don't know who we are. Who you are. I. Why am I so stumped? It's because somebody hasn't asked me this in like months, years. Um, it was actually fun. Okay. Well, we won't. We want. This is related, but not. The. Um, as an icebreaker for six rehearsals, they were like, okay, everybody instead of a fun fact don't say a fun fact say a completely boring normal fact and everybody was like what mm-hmm. what do you mean by by a like a, a a normal fact like and we went around and people struggled i did exactly the same thing i sat there and i thought and i was like what on earth am i going to say and then it goes all the way down to our director and she was like sometimes i curl my hair and sometimes i straighten it and we were like oh so we could have sat there and just been like, my hair is red. There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you have it. And so- Once again, I've been speaking with Shelby Griswold from the Norwegian Bliss production of Six. I will see you all in my next episode where I'm chatting with actress Kara Rose DiPietro.